Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. It's great to have you joining in with me today. Uh, we're going to continue our exploration of fundamental doctrines of Christianity. And in this episode, uh, we're going to look at some history and biblical teachings in regard to the Holy Spirit. The person and the work of the Holy Spirit has suffered much abuse over the centuries of church history. The Holy Spirit is referred to numerous times in the Old and New Testament. Uh, his work and God's plan for him and how he operates in our world today are not hidden. They are in plain sight within Scripture. At the dawn of the Christianity, at the age of Christianity, there was no dispute amongst believers concerning the third person of the Trinity. Over the early centuries, though, significant errors began to be taught. The earliest recorded error was in 170 AD. Montanus claimed to have the spirit of prophecy. His two women companions also claimed the same gift. The three of them taught restorations of the gifts of the spirit. Another teaching that found popularity was promoted by Arius in 325 AD, who taught that the Son and the Holy Spirit were created by God, not part of the Trinity, but creations of God. During the Middle Ages, the Roman Catholic Church took the teachings of the Holy Spirit and others and reinterpreted to aid their system of beliefs. A grace was obtained by partaking in the sacraments and by listening to the word taught. The teachings of the Church substituted the priest for the Holy Spirit. Pentecostalism began in 1901 in Topeka, Kansas. They held to a baptism of the Spirit as an experience after salvation and speaking in tongues as confirmation of that event. April the 3rd, 1960 is considered the birth of the charismatic movement in Van Nuys, California. Uh, within the decade, it made significant inroads into the Roman Catholic Church. So before the 1970s, uh, there was significant uh, collaboration uh, in the Catholic Church with the charismatic movement. A vivid description of the Holy Spirit is contained within the scriptures, which only makes sense. He is a spirit of wisdom, in Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you unto you the wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The Holy Spirit is able to teach men, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the idea that he helps and guides uh, the believer, which I hope you have definitely experienced in your life as a Christian. Uh, the Holy Spirit is also shown as experiencing or possessing emotions. He's grieved or hurt by believer's sin, Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The Spirit also loves. Romans uh, 15, verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. The work of the Holy Spirit is seen throughout the Scriptures. His ministry impacted the life of Christ. At the time of Jesus' temptation by Satan... The Holy Spirit sustained him, Luke 4, 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
all who accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? As well as being indwelt, Christians are sealed at the moment of conversion. That's recorded for us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom all ye also trust, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The sealing means to be owned by. It was often done in ancient times. Uh, a seal was put upon it. Even today, cattle uh, who are owned by certain ranches and things, they would be seared. And the idea this is where this piece of meat, for lack of a better word, this cattle is owned by this ranch. We are sealed. We are owned by God. And the Holy Spirit is the seal upon us. The charismatic uh, preach the need to be baptized or dealt and dwelt by the Spirit. There's no scripture admonishing believers to do these things. Okay, there is none. But there is scripture exhorting us to be filled with the Spirit and be not drunk with wine or in its excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This has to be, and this is in accordance with submitting obedience to God's will. When this occurs, when we obey and submit to what God says, his word, the Spirit produces in us Christ-likeness in our lives. We don't do it ourselves. What we do is we obey God. When we live according to the word, we are controlled by the Spirit. It's not, a again, a special indwelling or a baptism when we've been really good. No, the idea is that we are more in tune with God. And there is fruits from being controlled by the spirit by that uh submission and obedience of galatians 5 22 and 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law the ex- an euphoric experience or event is not needed to confirm we are controlled by the spirit i don't have euphoric experiences very often or events for that matter, but I can choose each day to say, I'm going to follow the Lord, I'm going to obey Him, and that's going to help me produce those fruits that are mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. Without a doubt, there has been gifts associated with the Holy Spirit for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4.12. It states the purpose of the gifts. They were given for the edifying of the body of Christ. Numerous gifts mentioned in the New Testament were temporal, were, they were short-term, such as prophecy, healing, miracles, and tongues. Others, like teaching, giving, showing mercy, uh, and, and others besides that, are bestowed upon the believer today. Uh, that, that's just part of the whole process of the Christian journey, that we have these, and some people have greater amounts of these gifts than others, and that's fine. And we are not responsible for that. We are just to be faithful to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. Uh, the believer should respond to his urging and prompting in our lives. As we witness increased wickedness in our world, we need uh, spirit-powered believers, not doing it in our own flesh, not trying to come up with uh, plans or events that just for our flesh, but now they are led by the Spirit. 
Without a doubt, Christian, we are in a spiritual battle. I don't need to tell you that. You know it already. And if we are going to go fight in this conflict, we need to know the truth. And we need to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit will help us conquer in the Savior's name. We can't do it on our own. We will fall each and every time. And if we don't fall, we're doing the flesh and it won't matter. It won't last for eternity's sake. It won't glorify the Lord. It's imperative. It's so, so important that each child of God determines to avoid activities and actions and lifestyles that would grieve or hurt the spirit. Because he's, it's a big part of our lives trying to be following what the Lord says and then the Holy Spirit helping us live for him. His labor, the labor of the Holy Spirit, is not to draw attention to himself. Unfortunately, you see a lot of that with the charismatic movement. It's a, a focus on the Holy Spirit alone and then a, a total ignoring of Jesus or God the Father. No, listen, they all three work together. So it's nothing. He does not labor to draw attention to himself, and he does not labor to uh, be exalted by man. That, that's never his desire. That's never his purpose. The Holy Spirit does not have his own agenda. Because again, he's working as part of the Trinity, the three-in-one uh, Godhead. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in this world and in the believer's life is to point everyone to Christ. He enables us to go uh, to be more Christ-like. And that's his whole purpose. Uh, so watch out for the, the charismatic teachings and uh, false heretical uh, preaching of different individuals about the Holy Spirit. He plays a part. He is part of the Trinity uh, and is never to be uh, exalted above any other part. Uh, and his whole agenda is to point people to Jesus Christ, to know the truth and to live the truth. Uh, so I hope that uh, these truths have been a help to you as you search the scriptures. Thank you for joining today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. And until next time, keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.